Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We are talking about the book of Revelation. Now, movies have been made about the end of the world. It is a topic of conversation all the time. Is this the end of the world? Are we nearly at the end times? Uh, what about the mark of the beast? And all current affairs get discussed. And we felt it was good to go through the book of Revelation. It actually is not that difficult to understand. And it is not as scary as many people think it is. But we have to understand the book of Revelation in the context of other parts of the Bible in order to understand it correctly. Last week, we spoke about the seven seals and we compared it to Jesus's sermon in Matthew 24, where his disciples looked at the temple with him and they said, Lord, uh, he said, this is all going to be knocked down, all these stones of the temple. And they said, Lord, what are going to be the signs of the end and your coming again? And he went through the signs and they are the same as the seven seals that we see in Revelation 6 and 7. And Matthew 24 Jesus's big message is do not let your hearts be troubled. Only when things get this bad do you know it's right at the end. He said there'll be wars and rumors of wars, but don't worry, we're still not quite there. And then he said only at the end these terrible things will happen. He was trying to help us to be calm, but also to be ready because he then said that we need to be ready because Jesus could come at any moment. And so there's this mixture of being calm and assured knowing that God has it in control, but also being ready for Christ at any moment. Because in reality, friends, you or I may die at a moment's notice, and so we need to be ready to face God all the time. Just after Matthew 24, at the beginning of Matthew 25, Jesus tells the parable of the five foolish virgins and the five wise virgins. Five of them had oil in their lamps. In other words, their spirituality was full of God and full of the Holy Spirit, and they were fired up for God. The other five had the appearance of being Christians with lamps, but their lamps were empty of oil, and so they had none of the life and the power of God, and they missed the coming of the bridegroom. So I'd like to just give you an overview of the book of Revelation. We've made a diagram that will help you to understand it. So the first five chapters of the book of Revelation are an introduction. In that first three chapters, Jesus talks to seven churches and he speaks intimately to them because the whole of Revelation must be understood in the context of real life. I need to be in a church to understand and to get through all of these hard times. I need the support of a family around me. Then there's two chapters, chapter four and five, which are about heaven and the scroll. And we talked about how Daniel chapter 12 predicts the scroll that has been sealed till the end that no one can open. But then John the apostle saw that Jesus was the only one who could open the scroll and the seven seals um, that would tell us what this last end time would be. And then there's a long portion from Revelation 6 all the way to the end of Revelation 16, where we have this idea of seven seals, seven trumpets and seven bowls being repeated. And these are the tribulation times. And I'm going to show you today that it relates to the seven years of tribulation that was predicted by Daniel. 
And that's the bulk of the book of Revelation. It's talking about a seven-year period with seven different um, trials or tribulations in the form of seals and then seven trumpets and seven bowls. And in the middle of that, there's a short pause in chapter 12 to 14, where he recaps some of the, the things he's already said, but he gives more detail. And then again, in Revelation 17 to 19, he recaps again about that seven years, but he gives more detail. And then the final scene of Revelation, Revelation 20 all the way to 22, is talking about the millennium, the thousand years where Christ reigns on earth, the judgment and being in heaven and what heaven will be like. So just to summarize, there's an intro for the first five chapters. There's a conclusion for the last three chapters. And everything in between is talking about the seven-year tribulation from the book of Daniel. So why do we believe it's talking about the seven-year tribulation from the book of Daniel? First of all, let me just say to you that if it is talking about a seven-year period, we don't need to worry too much about things that we see around us because the calamities that are described in the book of Revelation, if they happen in such a short period, seven years, we will know about it. We won't be able to mistake it or miss it. We won't be confused. We will be very, very aware that we are in the tribulation. And seven years is such a short time, and it's actually split into two periods of three and a half years and the signs will be so clear that we will know. So my first point today is just to show you why we believe that it's a, a seven year period that the bulk of Revelation is talking about. And in Matthew 24, which I referred to last week, where Jesus tells about the end times, he speaks about the book of Daniel. He says, when you see the abomination that causes desolation in the temple, and then he says, it's spoken by Daniel, let the reader understand. He's referring us back to Daniel. And the imagery and the words and the timescales used in the book of Revelation are also talking about such clear uh, allusions to Daniel that we have to look at Daniel just to understand it. So I'm going to read you a short passage, a few verses in Daniel chapter 9 to show you why we believe that the main book part of the book of Revelation is talking about the seven years of tribulation that Daniel is speaking about. Are you ready? And then I'll just go on and see if we can get into some of the trumpets and some of the other things today. So Daniel chapter 9 verse 24, Daniel is prophesying and it says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression. Just before I go on, he says 70 weeks. 77s, some versions say, and almost everyone agrees that this means 70 times 7 years, which is 490 years. Now, Daniel was written in about 538 BC, and so he was prophesying something 490 years until the end. So he was a little bit in advance, a few decades in advance of when it would start, but he said, I am laying my reputation on the line, Daniel said. I'm prophesying an exact number of years until something happens. And listen to what he says. 70 weeks are determined to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Wow, that's the end for everything to happen for 
for to seal up vision and prophecy uh, means the end of everything, to bring in everlasting righteousness. There's some amazing things here. And he's then going to go on to describe how we know when this will happen. Verse 25, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. What he says is there's going to be a period of seven sevens and then 62 sevens. So that adds up to 69 times seven, which is 483 years. He says, from the time that the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem. Now we can look back in the history books and we can see when the king at Xerxes made this pronouncement and we can count forward and that from then until Jesus came was 483 years. The first seven was the rebuilding of uh, the city of Jerusalem, 49 years. And then there was the second 62 period, 62 week period. Uh, and then it came to Jesus. And that's a matter of history. 69 weeks, he says, is going to happen until Messiah comes. That is astounding. That really is. For there to be such an accurate time scale given for when Jesus would come. Daniel prophesied it in advance. He gave markers in history that we could look at. And they exist. You can look it up for yourself. Verse 26, and after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off. So at the end of the 7 and 62, in other words, 69, 483 years, Messiah will be cut off. Jesus will be killed, but not for himself. He does it for us. He was killed not because he had sinned or because he deserved it, but he did it for us. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, the end of it shall be with a flood, until the end of the war, desolations are determined. So this prince he's talking about is the representative of Satan, the Antichrist. And it says that the people of this evil force, Satan, uh, will destroy the city, which happened in 70 AD, just after Jesus uh, came and went back to heaven. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. Uh, so this came true. Verse 27, then he, this prince, this leader, anti-Christ leader, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. He says the last week. So we've had 69 weeks of 483 years till Messiah. Then he says there will be a last week and it shall start when this Antichrist confirms a covenant with many. And then halfway through that last week of seven years, three and a half years, he will do something called the abomination that causes desolation. And we can see from other places in the Bible that he puts an image of himself in the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, and tells people to worship him. And it is such an abomination for Jews that somebody should put an image of themselves in the temple to be worshipped. That it's called the abomination that causes desolation. And it marks the halfway point, three and a half years into this final seven year period. Now, why is this so relevant to Revelation? Because Revelation talks about seven so much. 
so, so much. You see the number seven again and again throughout the book, but also three and a half years. This halfway point is referred to in Daniel more than once, and then it's referred to in Revelation again and again and again. And Jesus spoke about the abomination that causes desolation spoken of by Daniel. He says, let the reader understand this is a sign. This last seven year period with three and a half year gap in the, uh, up to the middle is what is so important. And this three and a half year period is referred to in Revelation again and again and again and again. The, the correlations are just so strong and so obvious that it must be speaking about the seventh, uh, seven year period, which is the 70th week of Daniel. In the book of Revelation, it says three and a half years. It says 1,260 days. It says 42 months. It says time, times, and half a time. It's speaking of a three and a half year period and then another three and a half year period. And we see in this big section of Revelation from chapter five or six up to uh, chapter 19, that it's talking about what happens in those seven years. And it refers to them as seven seals which we looked at last week, which kind of gives the whole picture of what's going to happen. And then the seventh seal, when it's opened, do you remember John said, who is worthy to open the seal? And he cried and he cried. And then somebody said, look, the lamb, the lion of Judah. And he turned and he saw it was a lamb that was slain. And the lamb opens the seals and one by one he opens them. The first one is a a rider on a white horse with a bow. And it looks like Christ, but it's actually Antichrist because he comes to conquer. And then the second seal is war. Uh, we, we go through all the, the seals. Let me just refresh your memory. Um, the first was the conquering Antichrist. The second was war and conflict on the earth. The third was scarcity. Um, it says that things will be so expensive. Um, wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius but do not harm the oil and wine. Even though things are so expensive, hardly anyone can afford food. The rich, the oil and the wine are still available. So the rich still are doing okay. That's in the, the third seal. The fourth seal is widespread death on the earth. Um, there was power given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with a sword. A quarter of the earth's population will be killed. Friends, that is a huge number of people. If that had happened, we would have known about it. A quarter of the Earth's population to be killed is, is 2 billion people. That has not happened. Um, and so this hasn't happened yet, the fourth seal. The fifth seal was the cry of the martyrs. We saw in heaven those who'd been killed for their faith and for not taking the mark of the beast were, were crying out in heaven. The sixth seal is dramatic cosmic things. If this had happened, we would have known about it. Uh, the stars of heaven fell to the earth. Um, the sky receded as a scroll. Uh, the, every mountain and island was moved. The kings of the earth and the rich men and the commanders, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and the rocks and said to the mountains, fall on us. Uh, that's the sixth seal. And then the seventh seal is leading into the trumpets, the seven trumpets. The, the seventh seal is actually the seven trumpets. And the diagram that I've given you, which will show on your screen, is showing that the seventh seal and the seventh trumpet and the seventh bowl all seem to talk about the very end. And so while the seven trumpets come out of the seven, seventh seal, 
I think there is some kind of overlap where they all three come to an end pretty much at the same time, but it's not exactly clear. But what we do know is that it's a seven-year period, and right at the end, um, it's described clearly what will happen. So we went through the seven seals last week, and I'm just going to talk about the seven trumpets now. In Revelation 8, he says this, When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour, and I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. So the seventh seal is the start of the seven trumpets. Then another angel with a golden censer came and he offered the prayers of the saints. So the prayers of us, the saints, are involved in bringing this to pass. You know, when Jesus was describing the end, he said to his followers, pray for when this great tribulation happens, that it doesn't happen in winter or on a Sabbath so that you can flee out of Jerusalem. Uh, he was saying that our prayers have some effect over this process and the timing of it. And now, now let me talk about the seven trumpets quickly. The first is in verse 7. It says, Hail and fire followed, mingled with blood. They were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass. Friends, if a third of all vegetation on planet earth was destroyed, we would know about it. It hasn't happened yet. Verse 8, Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. A third of the sea became blood, a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. This is serious destruction. The third trumpet, the third angel sounded, a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. It fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was Wormwood, which means bitterness. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. A third of all the water... The sea has now been destroyed, but now a third of the, the, the fresh water has also been affected. The fourth trumpet sounded, um, and a third of the moon and a third of the stars were affected. Uh, the sun, the moon, and the stars, so that a third of them were darkened. A third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. And I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe! to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So the sun, the moon, and the stars, for a third of the day and a third of the night, they can't be seen. Um, and then we get to the fifth trumpet, which is locusts coming out of the bottomless pit in chapter 9. And it seems like the description of the locusts, they're demonic, but they are also somehow military because it talks about breastplates and, and teeth, and it's like they're running into battle. So we're not sure if it's demons or war or what it is. Um, but a huge number of people are killed um, by this. And then the sixth trumpet talks about war. In verse 13, the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. Uh, and thus I saw the horses in the vision and he describes the, the army and the war. Friends, if there was a war that killed a third of the population, we would know about it. If there was an army of 200 million crossing the Euphrates, we would know about it. This hasn't happened yet, but this is the sixth 
of these trumpets. And then in chapter 10 and 11, he, he gives a little bit more context about what's happening at this time when the sixth and just before the seventh trumpet are about to sound. So in chapter 10, John sees something in heaven. He sees more of a vision of heaven and he starts to hear thunder. And then the angel says to him, you're not allowed to write down what you've just heard because it's secret and it's been sealed. I don't know why. I don't know what it's what it was uh, about. But he does say in verse 7 of chapter 10, he says, But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel or the seventh trumpet, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servants the prophets. So in between the sixth and the seventh trumpet, the mystery of God is finished. I don't have time to go into this in too much detail now, but I just want to tell you the mystery of God is mentioned several times in the New Testament, and it's almost always speaking about the Gentiles being saved and then all of Israel being saved. And Jesus spoke about the full number of the Gentiles coming in. And um, here it, it speaks about the mystery of God being fulfilled. So somewhere near the sixth and the seventh trumpet, when all of this crazy stuff is going on in the world, the full number of the Gentiles is finished being saved and the Jews get saved. The mystery of God is finished. Chapter 10, John hears the thunder. He's not allowed to write it, but he describes heaven for us. And then in chapter 11, just before the seventh trumpet, he speaks about two witnesses. And I'm going to read this to you because they, they're like superheroes. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God, the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it for it has been given to the Gentiles. So non-Jewish people are now roaming around the temple site and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months, three and a half years. The Jews will have fled Jerusalem and for three and a half years, Gentiles will be in control. And I will give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. That's three and a half years. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have the power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over the waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues. So these are amazing witnesses in Jerusalem prophesying, but they have supernatural powers to stop anyone hurting them. And then at the end of their three and a half years of ministry, they are killed. They lie dead in the streets of Jerusalem. The Bible says that they lie there for three and a half days and no one picks up their bodies. But everyone on planet Earth starts sending gifts to one another and rejoicing because the two witnesses are being killed because they hated them so much. And then at the end of those three and a half days, they are raised up and they go up to heaven to be with God. It's the most amazing and astounding thing. But this is all at the end of the very end of the last three and a half years. So seven years split into two. The halfway through, the two witnesses start prophesying. And at the very end, they are finished. And then the seventh trumpet. Now listen to this and see if it doesn't sound like the very end of the world to you. 
Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and was and is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple, and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, and earthquake, and great hail. So that's the seventh trumpet. We've had seven seals, out of the seventh seal comes the seven trumpets. We've seen the seven trumpets and they're pretty cataclysmic. And then the seventh trumpet is the very end. And the, the very last thing he says there, talking about lightnings, noises, thunderings, and earthquake and great hail, sounds almost identical to the seventh bowl, which we're going to read about a little bit later. But the last of the trumpets, the seals, and the bowls seem to all speak about the very end of time. And so there seems to be some overlap there. But it's a seven-year period. Halfway through, the uh, abomination that causes desolation is put up in the temple. It starts when the Antichrist confirms a covenant with many for seven years. And God told us about it in advance. Jesus, when his disciples asked him, he said, don't be troubled. Don't worry. You'll know when it's happening. And I'm telling you in advance so that you're ready, so that your lamps are full of oil and so that you can get through the hardship to come. Friend, if you want to know Jesus, pray this prayer with me and then get in touch with us because you can be part of this victorious church that gets through the tribulation. Pray, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you came and lived and died for me. I believe you're coming again. And I believe that you hold the whole of history in your hands. I ask you to forgive me for my sins, to wash me clean and to make me brand new. And I give my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.